Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome everyone back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today is a wonderful day. Today we have Daphne LeForest. She is the Distributed Workplace Consultant and the host of the Remote First Podcast. Welcome to the show, Daphne. How are you today? Thank you. I'm very good today. How are you doing? I'm excited. Uh, We are recording this in early December, which here in Indiana means... Well, we actually have clear skies and it's, it's nice outside. So we're getting ready for holiday season. So it's just kind of like a, a fun time. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting in Berlin, Germany right now, and uh, it's, it's very cold. I am really, I was really looking forward to start traveling for the winter. And, you know, with all the new things that came in, uh, it's it's a bit sad that I cannot, may not be able to go in the warm countries, which I was very excited about. But uh, no, it's nice and cozy now back in Berlin as well. Good. Yeah. So here's a, we're going to do a little check-in question. We've talked before, so I'm pretty sure you're a real human, but just in case we do our (laughs) capture question to prove your humanity, your question is, what do you wish people took more seriously or less seriously? You can choose. Um, I mean, I can say for both. Um, Okay. Well, more seriously, like in the remote workplace or in general? Just in life. Oh, in life. Oh my God, that's a big one. I mean... (laughs) I don't know because I was I was thinking funnily enough this morning uh, all these like surveys that happen on on LinkedIn just in general at the moment with the yeah. you know like okay clap if you want 100% office or 50/50 or like one day a week and I was like I'm so tired of these surveys like this is not the point of this whole pandemic we didn't go this whole pandemic to go through like LinkedIn surveys after service and polls to know like how we're going to choose if we go to the office so this is something I'm actually thinking People need to take less seriously this whole like we need to vote to know like what uh, what the employee wants. I think many companies are just not understanding that people just want flexibility at the moment. They, they don't want a quota ratio of like how they need to go to the office. So anyway, that was just a, a thing that I got annoyed at <laughs> recently. <laughs> and I was like, this is just like an annoying. This is not serious. Uh, I just got on LinkedIn and took my poll down to make sure that it's not there. So okay. <laughs> Did you do a poll yourself? No, Did you do it? I didn't do that one. I do other ones, but not that one. <laughs> I do feel like that's a great example of something people take way too seriously and also like not seriously enough. Like overthink the things that don't matter. Like you said, like the exact ratio of days to weeks and, and everything that needs to be there. But then we don't plan for the big stuff and the stuff that really needs to happen. Yeah. How to do yeah. remote work well. Good, good. That qualifies you. You seem to be a legitimate human. I am a legitimate human. <laughs> Excellent. Cool. Well, let's kick off with something that was inspiring to both of us, actually. Um, yeah. I remember this vividly. So, I mean, I obviously like like podcasting and like this, and I tend to associate like being in a certain place when I hear a book or a podcast or some kind of audio thing. And I remember mowing my lawn in the front yard and hearing this podcast with Matt Mullenweg and Sam Harris mm. when they were talking about the five levels of autonomy in digital work. And it just clicked something in my head and all of a sudden realized that, wow, this is a long journey. This is not just like one step that everything's been. Obviously, Matt Mullenweg, uh, CEO of Automatic, they've been remote since the beginning, over a thousand employees now. Yeah. Um, but since the beginning still means, you know, maybe 15 years old. So it's a relatively young company Yeah. that goes through. So tell me your interaction, because when I brought that up, you also said you had a, resonated with that idea. Yeah, I mean, 
I come from a background of WordPress, actually, so I kind of know well the whole culture of Automatic because when I actually worked as a corporate a remote worker, <laughs> used to call that in the past before yeah. the pandemic, um, you know, the company I was used to work for was really clearly close to how Automatic works. So um, we were all about, you know, asynchronous work, trying to, you know, rethink really how, really be uh, intentional in how we are uh, designing the way we work to be able to be more efficient. So, I mean, when I see that, that the five levels, basically what you're talking about is, um, for those who don't know, is basically the level one is basically when you just work in an office and you don't do anything. And then level five is basically you're fully asynchronous. You think about everything about mental health. You're like out there in the best, basically the best employee experience in a remote world, remote or distributed workplace. Um, yeah, I think, I mean, in the end, there are, I'm not sure exactly like what, what you want me to say about, about these five levels. Do you want me to a bit think about if I think it makes sense to, to see it that way? Is there like maybe... I mean, do you ever talk about it with clients you're working with or do you use that framework or is it more just like helpful for you internally? Because I've like built like an additional framework that's based totally on this. And when I talk about it with people, it helps them to realize that, oh, like this is a long journey. And what you did back in March and April of 2020 was like, that was like step one or step two of like a thousand step journey. And there's a long way to go. And we need to look at people that can help us with this. So how do you use it? Yeah, I mean, of course, like the most of the people that in the last two years now, unfortunately, it's been already almost two years yeah. <laughs> um, that we are stuck in this um, this in this storm. Um, people are just basically been at the beginning just really recreating the office uh, in a digital world, and then slowly realizing that they actually need to really rethink all of their processes and all of their way of work to be able to succeed that way and to continue to scale that way. Many, many of, com- of the companies have discovered that they actually like that idea of working remotely or, or not just remotely, but provide flexibility to their team. Mm-hmm. And they realize it's not just about telling you, take your laptop and go to work at home. It's much more in terms of the processes, operations. Uh, there's a lot of work to be done there. And this is where, where I think this this pyramid that Matt Millwick is talking about is mostly about there is a, if you want to attain the level of being able to do that long term, you really need to implement specific um, things uh, in the company to to succeed. So be it asynchronous communication uh, and we have a process for everything. Really uh, work in the open. Like automatic is really good in the work in the open because WordPress at its core is is an open source software. Mm-hmm. And I always say that a world of open source is really a good example of what it is to work remotely and what it is to work efficiently remotely. It's pushing people to be a bit more transparent, pushing people to really think through when they want to say something. Uh, they will take the time to really write their comment in the maybe in the, in the software um, um, tool that they're using for, for contributing to their software. Um, they really take the time to answer and uh, to uh, to their comments, and afterwards, once the was in it's in the world and it's like public, anybody can access it at any time they want. So yeah. there's a lot to learn from open source, and I just think that you know Matt is just representing a bit of that of that uh, practice. And for you, like, how do you use it when you are working um, with your clients and you're using the five steps? Like, how do you show it to them? There's two things you said that I'd like to 
emphasize. One is when you talked about like reaching that stage when you realize you need to reimagine, rebuild a concept. And it's really not until you get into some of those later steps that becomes clear that, oh, everything we were building on before, we kind of need to start from the ground up. But you have to hit that level. You can't just start there really because you have to really think about, okay, how do we approach leadership from a brand new angle? How do we approach collaboration from a brand new angle? So I think that's really important. But then the other thing you said that's very interesting is the fact of most of the companies that are have been doing remote distributed work for a long time had at this at their core this belief in, in open source and agile thinking and how that has shaped what we view in terms of what what makes good remote work right now. Yeah. That's almost like very fortuitous for us that those are the companies that already had that as a part of their DNA that were thinking about that, that that made it work in those ways about open communication and things. And wow, what if it had been a different company or a different industry that had been in there? We might be thinking about it in a different way. It's wild. I mean, for a while, it's been automatic. has been the company that people talked about as the example of mm-hmm. good remote work. And then the new one that came in recently is GitLab mm-hmm. that came in. It's another open source yep. software. It's another open source company, like uh, you know, company company that is for open source uh, uh, software. So it's kind of interesting to see that actually these companies are those who are um, the most outspoken and thought leaders in yeah. that. Um, another one is Elastic that people don't really talk much about them uh, because they're not that vocal about their um, their way of working. But Elastic is also was also in the open source uh, work. Uh, set up or like ways of work. Um, and they are a fully hybrid company that had offices as well as uh, uh, remote employees, a lot of remote employees, and they grew to like, I don't know how many employees, like over 2,000 plus. Um, and they always been remote first. Mm. And this is pre-pandemic. And they always been, wherever you are in the office or you are uh, remote or you go to a, you visit the Mountain View office or the Amsterdam office, you always go to your computer, the, the office is designed so that you can connect your computer to a monitor and everything is hot desk everywhere. And it's been like this for years before mm. everything. That, right now we were talking about it as like it's a novelty, but there have been companies that have been doing this for many years. And it's just interesting to see that always comes back to people who actually understood open source. I don't know, I'm very passionate about open source in this topic. <laughs> and, and that's why I love that you brought that out. The fact that open source was at the heart of the distributed revolution yeah. and push that. That's great. Yeah. Well, I want to get into a lot of your specialties and to really get in deep in some of this stuff. So when we talk about rebuilding digital work on this show, we talk about things like collaboration and, and productivity and culture and technology. But one area that has become really desperately in need of reinvention and rebuilding in the digital age is leadership. Yeah. And how we think about that. And it's one of these concepts, just like you said, once you get to a certain place, you realize, oh, everything we thought about leadership needs to be totally like brought down and rebuilt in that way. So yeah, tell us a little bit about what you do and why leadership has stuck out for you. To me, there's a big part of when you were transforming a company to become, you know, remote first, a lot comes from like those who will influence the company, those who will put in place a strategy to completely go through a behavioral shift in the company. So being a leader there is very important. It can be the leadership, you know, executive team, but also being a leader as, you know, maybe as a team leader or a leader of your of your own department. There's a lot of work to be there to be done there in the influence you'll have on on your team. 
there's also a lot of sh shift to be done as a leader themselves. Like many people who used to be leaders in person, they are they used to be very good at the, the getting the vibe from people in person mm -hmm. and being able to to sense a bit their their team. You know, sense if somebody's not doing too well, sense that you know maybe I could be more present with that person, be a bit more. Um, um, you know that person can sh 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 not shadowing, but basically you know be there for for them, and they 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 lost that when they went remote for many people. So they have to relearn how to how to change their app, how to change their habits. Um, it's like sorry, they kind of like <laughs> repost everything. Um, yeah. <laughs> and so they basically have to relearn or unlearn habits they had before and become new types of leaders. Now the leaders that we see that are succeeding are leaders that used to be very introvert, are very good at written communication. Um, you now have to be able to read social cues in a virtual environment where I see you in your rectangle and I need to be able to try to understand how you're doing today. Where... Many people before you could see somebody running in the office and be like, oh, it feels like, you know, they're going through something difficult today. But mm -hmm. you won't have that. There's a big lack of awareness in the remote uh, environment. So there's a lot of things around empathy, about emotional intelligence. Um, there's a lot of things, of course, that are more like structural and organizational uh, strategy and things like that. But th there's a lot of work to be done there. And what I've seen uh, is that many companies have different needs, but what I do is that I, I design workshops with leaders or team leaders of their own department um, to assess the different pain point that they are seeing in their company uh, as their company or as a leader to after, afterwards design a way to, to better assess these different, different difficulties. So usually it's just seeing, for example, uh, drop points in in uh, an employee journey that I call them, for example, you have like a customer journey. So you have seen employees as like customers of like the experience of working there and then see like where there is actually drop points and because of the remote or distributed experience and then assess like what needs to be changed there. There's this more of an organizational way, but it can also be um, an, an, a, a, an emotional way or like an, a way that, yeah. you know, how you are as a leader. So this is a bit like how I am doing there. Of course, there's still a lot to, there's still a lot to do there. So I've, you know, I've, there's specific workshops that have been designed specifically for different um, stories, but it just always evolves. So this is really exciting just to see how just the workforce has evolved in the past two years. Like I myself is blown away by how everything has been, transforming just in two years. Totally. When it comes to leadership, if I think about like an exaggerated form of what we had before was that a leader meant you're the person that has to get people to work. Essentially like that industrial age mindset says workers are basically stupid and devious and they will work as little as possible unless there's somebody forcing them to do it. Most people I don't think actively had that in their head when they're they're leading a team, but there's there's some like deep level assumptions that are there. And you put a manager, you put a leader in charge of folks to make sure that they get their job done. As we move into this digital age, we're recognizing, okay, that doesn't work very well. It's not a humane approach to work. So if, if you were to summarize what is the new role of a leader, like what is that basic assumption you feel like people should have of what they expect 
out of somebody in a leadership role? Well, there's a lot, I mean, just in the digital world, uh, there's a lot that has to be to be done around your relationship with your team and really having a good sense of, of your team and basically creating that that relationship of trust. It's very hard to do. Like, it's not because you work with someone that automatically you can say, you need to trust your employees. That's all you need to do. Yeah. Building trust takes time. You know, you would never trust someone that you never met anyway, you know, that you never met in person. It's a natural instinct to not trust. So there's a lot of work to be done there in in trying to build more trust with uh, with your team. So when you are a leader of a remote team, there's a lot of work around the person that you're working with, but also that like the tools and you the the, the environment the environment that you're creating for for your teams for them to do their best work. There is this, but there's also do you give a sense of autonomy to your team? Do you give a lot of independence to your team? Are you someone who is used to be very micromanaging and you were in the office basically just very present or are you giving a way for your team to do their work on their own there's something with remote work that you need to develop that skill of coaching your team to be very autonomous like you won't be able to do a lot done if you're not able to have a team that can be autonomous yeah otherwise you kind of like get in get in a in a place where you're always on, always kind of like doing back and forth, back and forth with your team. And this is just not productive. So I think there's the, the leaders today need to be very, very thoughtful, have a lot of empathy, be uh, show, not micromanaging. So basically like showing a lot of like um, giving a lot of autonomy to their team and also, you know, give a sense of purpose also to to their to their team of like why are we doing this and get people motivated on on the kind of work they're doing it's not just something that is new it's always been like this anyway being digital or not digital but we're talking now of trying to build momentum with a team that is not in the same place all the time that all have different environments so there's a lot there to be done to make sure that you are creating that that's that synchronicity or that that like synergy is the word I'm looking for that synergy of of keeping your team together even if you're all in five different locations you know yeah. what do you think about that I feel like especially when you talk about micromanaging like if remote work is exhausting for you as a leader like that's a clue that you don't have the right necessary perspective because if you you came in I mean no one's going to admit to being a micromanager right no <laughs> one clue that you were in the office is if your Slack or, or Microsoft Teams or whatever you're using is just lit up with, hey, what's going on with this? Hey, give me an update on this. Hey, what are you doing? Hey, different types of things. Like if you need those constant reminders that what other people are doing to show that they're working, to see the results, like that's a big clue. And that's an exhausting way to work and not one that's very helpful. I feel like in, in most situations, just speaking of strictly getting the work done, productivity, like if you require more than like, 10 minutes of some kind of like check-in with, with people to see how things are going and what's going on. That's probably uh, another clue. Now there's obviously time for collaboration, time to remove roadblocks. You do need to get maybe synchronously together every, every once in a while to, to make sure that's there. But if your day is just spent in meetings all day long, that's another clue that maybe there's some trust issues. Maybe there's some micromanaging issues that are there. So I feel like the remote is revealing those things. Yeah, but I think, you know, that the meeting part, for example, many leaders just don't know how to do it otherwise. 
You know, there is some feeling that being on a call or a meeting is more efficient. And, uh, you know, it seems also that there's there's an expectation for leadership teams to be more on calls because, you know, this is the people who are, uh, you know, moving the pieces and be kind of like uh, overseeing what's going on. It's expected that, you know, my role would, would have a lot of calls. Mm-hmm. But maybe not, you know, maybe there is a way that you can rethink exactly how you are collaborating with everyone so that you can reduce the amount of meetings and use other other um, media media or medium to be able to have this kind of like follow up on how everything is going. There is yeah. that sense of feedback, like when we are talking together on a call right now, I can have a f- more feedback. I can feel like I'm being understood. Mm-hmm. Where when you are in written communication, it's like, did he get what I said? Did he get like, are they getting what I mean? You know, it's I, I struggle with this as well. Yeah. Like, it's it's understandable that there is an overload of meetings for for leaders, but yeah. there are there are ways to to eliminate number of meetings by rethinking the whole structure of how we're working. That feedback is so essential too, because like you, what you just told me would have been like maybe two, three, four paragraphs of text that would be there. Yeah. And yeah. if I would have just, I could have just like given a thumbs up to be like, okay. And then, or just type out, okay. And that could be interpreted so many different ways, which leads yeah. to back to a point you were saying before is like, we're expecting people to be leaders, to be much more emotionally intelligent. We're expecting them to have a lot more empathy. We're expecting them to be able to pick up on cues better. And we're removing all the signals that they're used to, which is like all this in-person energy, pick, getting to be able to pick up on things. Now they have to learn how to do that in a totally new environment too. That, that seems like a big challenge. How are you helping people with that? Whew, I mean, there's there's a lot to do there. I mean, of course, there is. Uh, if you, you guys can can reach out to me if you want to hear more about what I do there, I won't go through my whole uh, list of services. <laughs> but um, but um, uh, it's definitely like there's a lot of work to be done there. And uh, all I want to say is it is possible to to embrace this change and to make it work. It won't be a flip of a coin that's going to take, you know, a week to to change. It's it's a behavioral shift. So it, it takes time, but we, we can get there and then teams can get there. And it just depends on like how much energy you want to put into it and how much how much you care about it you know it changes from company to company not every company or every individual have the same needs yeah. of what they they want to achieve i was talking with a team leader recently and i really admired this person she is at, at the end of her career she was probably only about two three years away from retirement and then the pandemic hit and her team was totally used to just being in office always together they had a really tight culture everything was great and now she's having to figure out, how do I do this? She feels like she can't just leave the team and be like, well, see ya. I'm just going to do what I want to do for a while and then retire. Like She really wants to leave it well. But everything you, we're talking about right now is totally foreign. It's a new thing. She recognizes it and knows that needs to happen. But it's really tough. And I really have a lot of uh, empathy for people like that. Yeah. that are in, in that stage of their career, they're not used to all these things. They're recognizing that they have to figure it out. But it, it is tough for sure. I mean, the world is changing so fast. Like I myself saw so much stuff changing where I did have experience for like 10 years of remote work experience and just see the world evolving so fast that I am myself learning still yeah. so much about like how to do work better. And I mean, and in the past two years, we've seen companies like this. If you've been working for 40, 50 years in a specific way, and then suddenly we're telling you 
nope, now we can, you cannot do any of this. And you have to rethink everything, how you do their work, your work. It's a huge change. Like we're talking, people asking questions about, do I need to provide a printer to all my employees at home? Like they're yeah. very like, you know, basic, basic uh, things that where they, do I need to recreate the whole office in, in at home, you know? Um, but I, I don't, I don't know. Is it, I don't necessarily think that every single company will have to change necessarily. Um, I think the, the industry will change. Like I was having a discussion a few weeks ago uh, with uh, lawyers talking about the fact that, you know, law always been very paper-based and mm-hmm. very, you know, you would never see remote work in a law firm, for example. But in the last year, we've seen, I've sold my house online virtually yep. with a notary virtually and signed documents, legal documents virtually. Uh, you, we will see slowly. Uh, we see like health app now where we have doctors that are giving consultation online on an app. We yep. will slowly see lawyers definitely giving like law advice. Somebody I'm sure it exists already. Law advice over the phone or over a video call, having like maybe courts. Actually, I think we've seen that court happening virtually, which is kind of like a, a special thing. But I think the whole industry is changing. And this is how slowly we will have maybe office space getting a bit more obsolete. It's just because the the way we work and the way we are expecting our services to be is evolving. Um, I don't know. Have you tried the? Um, I, I don't know. I'm gonna go far there. But have you tried the VR? The recently there's like the the new VR um, Oculus Quest two that was out, and they talk about workroom and everything. Have you tried it out? Yeah, I, I actually have not. I need to just because of the nature of my work, just to explore with that. Like by nature, I'm a, a little bit slower adopter of some of those like emerging technologies. But it's something yeah. I, I'm interested in. I, I feel like it's going to happen probably. Mostly just because of how much Facebook is is pushing it, they'll, they'll force us all to yeah. Yeah. be there one way or another. But what about you? Have you experimented with it? Yeah, so um, I'm just discovering now. We just got my partner and I were really geeking out on this, and we both were remote workers. So we um, we got the Oculus Quest two uh, recently, and I I used to the VR three years ago, the one that had cables. The new one has no cables at all. It's completely Wi-Fi, and I tried the workroom which is, you know, the Facebook product. And it's quite impressive just to think that this is just the beginning. Yeah, yeah. It's not perfect. Like, you know, there's a lot of glitch. Sometimes it doesn't respond properly, you know, whatever. But it's very high quality for where we are. And I'm just thinking, just three years from now, it's my son work. How is it going to be if, like, right now I can do this? So you put a headset on on a workroom, for example, and you can invite guests. So, for example, we will be on a call right now, um, instead of being on a Zoom meeting, which is you're in front of me and I'm behind you uh, or in front of you, but we are in 2D. Yeah. You could be in a virtual room with me and the sound, the way I hear it in my ears, depending on who you, where you are in the virtual room, I will hear you in spatial audio, just like if you were next to me. Yeah. Like this is making it much more tangible. It feels like you're really there. And just to think that we're in different countries, like you're on the other side of the ocean and I can feel like you're right next to me. You can mm-hmm. definitely create more, um, you know, uh, sense of feel. It is a bit weird. The whole avatar thing about like a fake person is like, yes, hello. <laughs> no, but it's a bit weird, but at the same time, I feel like the more it's going to evolve. Maybe you will be able to, you know, have a, a, a 3d 
thing done of you and you actually see an hologram. Like, you know, I mean, I'm a bit like geeking out on this, but yeah, yeah. you know, the, the whole being able to do a presentation and then use a whiteboard in person or draw with someone. And then sometimes there's, you know, I'm a product manager as a professional before, and a lot of the, the product management I did was remotely. And the different design sprints I've done or like workshop I've done where I would have liked, you know, you draw something, you show it, you mm-hmm. use a Miro board. But imagine if you're actually feeling like you're right next to me and I'm writing down on a desk and you can write next to me on yeah. that desk. So there is a lot, a lot, a lot that's going to happen, I think, yeah. in the next few years. And I think the reason why Facebook is investing so much, I think they really want to give a big push. The same way we've seen that with electric cars, I think, with Tesla. Mm-hmm. And you give it a very big push and investment, and then the industry follows. Sure. I'm really looking forward to see, like, just the, the, the glasses, though, the, the, the cask thing, the, it's so uncomfortable. Like, I cannot <laughs> wear that more than one hour. Like, it's just so painful on your head. So there's a lot of work to be done there. But I don't know. I'm excited about this. Yeah. I think there is there is so much to do there. It's fun because, like you said, it, if you tried it right now, you'd probably be underwhelmed. It'd be like, oh, okay, this is nothing. But when you see the possibilities of like what's going to happen with this as it just continues to get better, it, it is very exciting to see that. I mean, I used to be, I was a child and I was thinking, uh, one day we'll be able to have like video calls. Mm, yeah. Like I remember being like eight years old and thinking that, or like one day I would be able to watch TV and the bus. <laughs> like, Thinking today, we're like, yeah, duh, this is just a simple thing. You know, like, yeah. what will my son, who's three years old now, have as a work life, as a as an adult? Yeah. Like, I'm I'm very excited. Yeah, that is very <laughs> exciting. Well, good. Definitely, we're going to close this out. My last question for you is, are you leaning on the optimist side or the pessimist side when it comes to how individuals adapt? The technology is going to move forward. Mm-hmm. But will there be a lot of companies just be like, ah, we're not really going to put in the amount of work that's required, especially in the area of leadership to go through? Or are you more optimistic? Says we're going to figure this out. Work's going to continue to evolve and to get better. Where do you fall on that? Oh, it's a good question. I mean, I think in general, humans adapt mm-hmm. very fast. And I feel like this is what we've seen with the pandemic is that we could have we could have thought it would have been like just a complete chaos and then like, you know, job loss and everything. But in the end, it actually created a big movement where people adapt, created tools, company changes, there's a big, great resignation. Those who that are not happy anymore know that they can go somewhere else. People are, the whole workplace evolves. So I think no matter, you know, the companies that don't want to, let's say, and we're going back to the office as soon as possible and everything, there will be a shift where, the demand and everything, the talent war will just make the whole mostly knowledge worker industry change and have a big yeah. shift. So I'm quite optimistic. And to be honest, it's such a, a dream for me to, to see this happening. You know, six years ago, I was doing a, a remote work corporate, corporate remote work conference called Out of Office, where we had like the, the remote work companies, uh, remote companies coming to talk about how they do work. And I always dreamt to see, I want to see the workplace change where you can create more and more remote jobs and have more and more people have access to flexible work, do what they love. Like I always prone to have life before work. And for me, this whole workplace change is just what I always dreamed of in the workplace. So I'm super happy to see that happening. Yeah. I'm really positive. 
I'm optimistic. It's gonna be. <laughs> I, I really want this to keep to, to keep going because I, it's it's too good. It's too good. I feel optimistic in many ways. I feel like the companies that are leading the way, like we talked about earlier, are going to continue to lead the way and do a great job and are going to push us further into great stuff. I feel like the companies and leaders right now who recognize that this is a big change, they haven't quite figured out yet how to do it, are going to fall into that adaptation side. They Mm -hmm. will figure it out. Um, it, yeah. it, it'll be tough. It'll be difficult. But people like you are there to help them along the way. <laughs> so they will do it. I do feel like there will be that kind of holdout of the the old guard, the the people who really just want to hold on to the power that they have. But that isn't that like human nature? Yeah. To just resist change? <laughs> yeah, it could be anyone <laughs> or anything. It doesn't have to yeah. remote work. That will happen. But I think the one thing we, we all need to be aware of is, like you said, this is like knowledge work, people who do work like us, like it's going to be great. We're all going to have wonderful work-life balance. It's going to be fun. No, but um, I mean, I mean, it's not true. I mean, of course, like it's, I mean, I used to, when I used to give talks about remote work in, back in 2016, 17, it was quite negative. I was like, here are the dark side of remote yeah, yeah. work challenges and the, and everything. And there is a lot of challenges. It's not all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. yeah. But when you compare it to what my father went through, with his career, like mm. every, every time I take what I have versus and the challenges I have versus what he had in that. So hundred percent there. But then when we think about knowledge work is still just a fraction of what people do for a living and for wages in our world and recognizing that it's not the same for everybody else. No. And we should also be thinking about how to, to make that equitable across the board too. Definitely. That's a good point. Cool. All right, Daphne, this has been great. I feel like we could just talk all day. Yeah. It's amazing to discuss <laughs> with you. Yeah. <laughs> It's fun. Uh, tell people where they can go. Obviously, you have your own podcast. So tell us about that and other things you do. Yes. Yeah, so you can also uh, come ping me on LinkedIn. You can follow the Remote First podcast where I talk about all things Remote First with different leaders of, of companies, like uh, large companies like Slack. We had HubSpot, Dropbox, all just coming about talking about their the way they transform their company. Um, yeah, it's super nice to have you, uh, Neil, also. Uh, thank you for for uh, hosting this discussion. Yeah, no, it's fun. Uh, this will be the start of a, a long conversation, hopefully, that spans many years as we continue to check in with you and see what you're doing. So we'll put all those links to your stuff in our show notes. We're kind of cross-posting this too. So we're, yeah. we're excited to, to continue to collaborate together. Awesome. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level 5 digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.